Good afternoon and welcome to the program. We are really now in the uh, final stretch of this long and very late in the year primary season. Six days to go. One of the contested primaries we'll be watching next Tuesday night is in the 96th Illinois House District. That is the seat currently held by Democratic State Representative Sue Shearer. There are two Republicans who are uh, hoping to unseat her. Prescott Pollan and the other candidate in the 96th House District of the GOP primary is Dr. Lisa Smith, and she joins us in studio this afternoon. Doctor, welcome, and thanks so much for being here. Great to have you. Thank you, Jim. I'm glad to be here. Well, let's begin by having you introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a bit about your background. You are, in fact, a doctor. Why do you want to be a state representative? Okay, so I am um, a mom, for one thing, and uh, a Christian, and... um, I'm very concerned about the community. I am. I do have a doctorate degree in nursing practice. I am a ner- pediatric nurse practitioner. Um, we have adopted seven children. We have ten altogether. Um, we walk the walk. Um, and I've decided. I've looked at the community. I've looked at the atmosphere going on, and I and I just felt like the community is suffering, and that people have to stand up and do something about it. I mean, things are going downhill uh, quickly with uh, different issues, especially the economy and uh, school systems. Um, there's just different issues that really touched me, and they touched our community. They touched my friends, my family, and I said somebody has to step up here and take you know take some initiative, put themselves out there, and. See See if they can make a change. So I'm here to make a change, and I, I hope I can make the change for the better. It's easy to stand on the sidelines and complain about it. It's a lot harder to actually get into the arena and try to do something about it. Yeah. What do you think you can do as a state lawmaker to make a difference on some of these issues? Well, so um, we were just talking about the economy, and the economy is going really bad right now. And mainly people are looking at the gas prices and saying, hey, you know, what's going on here? This is crazy. Uh, I can't even uh, tell you how many people are like, I can't even get to work hardly because... Um, I have to put gas in my car, and then we can't buy groceries. Uh, we have lots of families that are suffering with um, not being able to buy groceries because they have to pay for their gas, and they're they're u- utilizing uh, food pantries and things like that. There's like a 20% increase in families going to the food pantries right now. Um, I would say that uh, we need to address uh, this by... Um, decreasing our taxes and i would say we need to call for a decrease on the taxes immediately and i don't mean just suspending the increase on the gas tax like governor pritzker did i'm talking about really making a difference taking uh the gas tax which is 40 some cents and and just why, just eliminating it uh, right now on gas. And then also the food tax. I mean, we could take down the food tax, too. I mean, these are things that other states have done. I see other states trying to make a difference. And our state hasn't really put forward, uh, at least the Democrats haven't. The Republicans did put forward a um, a bill that would eliminate uh, the gas tax right now for a few months. But we need to bring down taxes uh, more permanently in this state. Our our state is overtaxed, and because it's overtaxed, um, people are leaving our state, and so our economy's going down. I mean, businesses are leaving. We just saw that with Caterpillar. You know, they gave them 10 months, Caterpillar did, gave our uh, governor and our legislature 10 months to come up with a deal to keep them in the state, and they didn't come up with anything, so they're gone. I mean, the economy's bad. Well, um, have you done the math as far as how much in tax relief you want to uh, be able to pass along and what spending has to get cut to make up for that lost revenue so um the math is a little is a little funky and when you're not in the state legislature seeing all of the um 
spending that's going on and what they're spending on and what what the budget actually is. Uh, it's hard to come up with um, exact figures on what you want to do, but we do know our taxes are high compared to other states, and we know that they still budget their money and get their stuff done. So I think it's all about budgeting. It's about looking at the budget, finding out you know where we where we overspend, uh, what we can cut and still survive in our in our state and make our state a good state. We need uh, our state is a wonderful state, but we're taxed to death. So Do you have any thoughts as to where we're overspending, where you think we we're, we're just spending too much? Well, we know that something's going on with our pension system, with our um, you know state employee pension system. I know that um, we can look at that maybe and see what. Not that we're, uh, you know, you want to cut people's pensions out, but there's ways to go about things to make it so that it's more feasible uh, for the state. The other thing is that we have a lot of. Well, can, can, um, can you can you elaborate on that? I mean, obviously we we've committed to the pensions that we're already obligated right. to pay, and you can't take those away. I mean, people are uh, you have obligate. You have said, we're going to give you this, and you can't yank that away. So what can you do? So, you know, there are some some um, solutions like, I mean, I have a 401k. Uh, other people have, or 403b, um, and it, other people have 401ks. But, you know, the thing is that you, wanna, you want to... Uh, honor your obligations for the pensions, but in the in the long term, what can you do differently? Well, maybe it is a 401k or, or some kind of system along those lines uh, that you can switch uh, workers over to just like everyone else. It's not that you're you're making them below everyone. It's just that it would be, and you can make that system a really good one. I mean, we could make a really good one where we, you know, the state could um, match funds or something. I mean, there's things you can do uh, but it has to be looked at. And I, I, I know that we're not going to be able to sustain the way we are right now. Um, I know I'm not an economist, but I can find economists that we can use and we can figure, you know, I figure we can all come together and maybe make a make a better plan here for our state. Um, but that's one one thing um, I, I think we should look at. Um, you know, well, let me ask you uh, on a different issue uh, because you also mentioned schools and education. This is yes. a subject near and dear to my heart. Tell me your your thoughts on what you think needs to be changed there. Okay, so um, in our district, we have about thirty percent of the kids that can pass their equivalency exams in math and uh, reading. That's not acceptable. In the whole state, it's pretty much the same. What I'm saying is that the school system is failing our kids right now. Now, why is it failing our kids? Um, we have to look at, you know, class sizes, uh, what they're doing with the um, with the um, stuff that they're teaching. We want math, science, history, um, and English to be very strong in our state. And I think I love I like teachers. I love teachers. Um, and everything because people think, oh, you're going to go after the teachers. It's their fault. No, our something is wrong with our school system if we cannot get these kids to pass these equivalency exams and learn. Um, so we have to look at that. I am for school choice. I am for school choice. Why is that? Because if we can give us choice to people, they can send their money follows their child. They want to send in their district. They want to send their kid down to the Catholic school or they want to uh, send them to the Lutheran school or whatever. Um, that money should follow them. They pay their taxes 
Texas for Education. It shouldn't matter which school their child goes to. They should get to, that money should follow them. If you have school choice and you have competition between schools, you will raise the um, uh, the quality of the school system just by the competition between the schools. They're trying to get your kid to come there. So they're going to want to give you the best education uh, opportunity that they can. So you'll say, hey, I want my kid to go to that school. In the 96th district, you've got a fair number of small towns that probably don't have a private school. Some parents might be able to drive their kids to a different community to go to yeah. a private school. But that's going to mean less money and re- less resources for the public schools in that community, in Iliopolis sure. or, or whatever it might be. So what what happens in those communities where the public schools have less money coming in? Uh, they've still got to provide a basic level of education for students, but they they don't have the money and resources to do that. It's a, it's a very good question. Um, my thoughts and, um, you know, we'll have to go into this further if school choice becomes a, a possibility. Um, but the thoughts are, too, that um, you might have another school pop up in those smaller communities if and um, within those districts uh, that will t- com- uh, compete against the public school if they would be able to fund that school. Um, there might be another school pop up. I I love small uh, town schools. I feel like their class sizes are smaller, and I feel like they um, some their scores are usually better on a lot of things. Um, small town schools are more like a a private type school uh, in most instances. Um, but you're still going to have to be competitive. You're still going to have to be competitive. It's not about keeping the public school money going at all costs. We can't do that. We have to make sure our kids get good a good education and can compete in the world. You know, we're going down in the whole world, our education system in the United States. Uh, it's just failing. So we got to do something. Talking with Dr. Lisa Smith, she's one of the two Republican candidates running in the 96th Illinois House District. The winner of that primary would take on the incumbent Democrat Sue Shearer in the fall. Uh, I, I've seen you mention on your Facebook page and elsewhere uh, about CRT in schools. Now, uh, tell me how you're defining that and what your concern is. Right. So, so CRT popped up because, um, it, you know, and it was about, it was about critical race. There was about teaching kids about race and discrimination among races and stuff. When I look at that, see, um, cause I have a special, a specialty in, in children's mental health. And I look at that and I think about my, the small children that we, I take care of. And I think about how they, uh, process that kind of information. And I also know when I look at little kids and we have little that I'm, uh, with, um, little kids and interacting with them, they don't see things the same way as adults do. So racism and stuff is not usually in their mind or anything. So when we talk about race and the division in race, we have to be very careful when we're talking to children because they don't see it all the time when they're little. They don't see anything different about their best buddy and, you know, as far as color and things like that, they don't see it. And we, we, we don't want to put that in their mind that um, one of them is a racist and one of them is a victim. I don't want it, that to be put in their mind. It, and it, Where's that being taught in, in any school? Well, whenever you talk about race, though, and you're talking about things that have happened because of someone's whoop, race or color, and you have a little kid listening to you, that's the interpretation I think that they are going to get. And I don't even, I don't understand why it needs to be taught. I don't understand... Um, what they're going with with the social stuff like that because if you we shouldn't can't, teach about slavery in, in american no, history you, you can you can but jim you, crow but laws you, the but, civil rights movement but you teach that not in 
kindergarten, first and second, you know, and third grades. You don't teach that in that grade. You go up into the older grades where they can process that kind of information about history, about what the whole context was, what was going on. It's all about what is appropriate for the age of the child. And when they're pushing these kind of issues, and we just talk about sex education too, because they're trying to push sex education into our little kids' classrooms. And I I don't mind uh, when you get into the older grades talking about that, you know, talking about different issues with, um, with that. But when you're a little kid, the way you process things is not the same. And that is not an issue that a little kid needs to even worry about. We need to worry about our math, our English, our histories, and our um, in, um, math, science, English, history, those kind of things. We don't need to worry about social issues when they're little like that. We need to teach them to accept people, to love people, uh, to be good citizens, and just to be kind to everyone. And that is a simple message that kids can grab onto, they can process it, and they can act on it. Um, and it's a good message. One other uh, point you made on your Facebook page, and you've got a very uh, detailed, lengthy list of issues that you are concerned about, and and I appreciate that. It's uh, helpful when somebody's running for office and and spells it out like that. You referenced censorship. Uh, Tell me how you see censorship manifesting itself here in Illinois and what you would do about it if you were in the General Assembly. Censorship in Illinois, and it's... Censorship to me is when people are not able to um, express their their points of view without being uh, blocked or called out and, and said um, or you know what I mean not let not let other people hear you. Um, everyone can say and should have the right to express how they feel um, as long as you're not hurting anyone. Um, you could, you should be able to express your feelings. I don't I don't care if I don't agree with you. I I can listen to you and you can listen to me and we can hear each other. Um, Where is that not happening? Mainly on the on the uh, well, I'll tell you what. I have several friends. I mean, if you post certain things on Facebook, like they're blocking you. This is more of a of a global federal issue too uh, that I I feel that is wrong. Um, you can you should be able to post those things. You should be able to post things that you believe in. Like I said, free speech should be available to everyone. You should not be put down, censored, blocked because you say something that someone else doesn't like. But Facebook's a private company. Shouldn't they be allowed to set their own standards for what they want on their platform? Yes. I I see what you're saying with that. And I... um, I agree with that because I think private companies should be able to kind of run their thing the way they are. But if you, what I want to say, um, I think you need to post it that way then. If you're going to be, if you're going to um, go with one side only and not another, then maybe you should say that. Or maybe we should, I know they get um, some special uh, considerations because they um they get some protection from liability for yes. things that get posted and you know you can't just i it, so that's my problem i guess if you want to say i we believe this way and we're going to promote this fine but if you put yourself out there as an equal opportunity person and then you're blocking everybody on one side then that to me is wrong is there something you want to do as a state lawmaker to address that i don't know if we can i don't know if as, as if as a state we can address that i think that's more of a federal issue uh, with some of that but I, like i said i'm not i don't want to block free speech for sure 
Um, you know, but I think that you don't get special considerations if you're going to be a one-sided um, uh, media outlet like, and then say you're not, you know. I, I wish we could go on. I, I have a lot more I'd love to ask <laughs> you about, but uh, we only got six days to go until the primaries. Yeah. Tell people how to find out more about your campaign here in these waning days before they cast their vote. <laughs> SmithforIllinoisHouse.com. SmithforIllinoisHouse.com. Yes. Okay. And then we're on um, on Facebook, um, and uh, you can easily look me up and find that. You can search for um, Smith for State Representative 2022. I've linked to your page yes, from my page yes. so people can find it there as well. And as I said, there is a very long, detailed list of positions <laughs> and uh, stands you have taken, which, again, uh, is, is helpful. A lot of candidates don't do that. So I, I really appreciate, appreciate that you brought me on today. I want to thank you a lot. Well, it's great to talk to yeah. you, and uh, I'm sure you'll be talking again. We'll see what uh, transpires on Tuesday night.